0: Boom! Welcome back to episode 4 of the Draft Your Podcast with myself, Nolsey, and my co-host, Jackson. Today's podcast is going to focus around keepers. We're going to talk about keeper strategy. When to pick your keeper to maximise the points in the draft. We're going to talk about the strategy, when to pick them, combos that may be beneficial to you to maximise your points, and then also keepers to avoid. Keepers are a funny one in the draft because they can be valued too high. We are going to use data from previous seasons and actually updated data from current drafts to show you when keepers are usually drafted and when we think you should draft them. Keepers, although they are drafted very highly, some of them do not return most points. We are going to talk to you through examples such as Ederson and Allison about how, they, how early they can be drafted and the, the points they can actually reap you in episode three we talked about drafting strategy we talked very briefly about maybe orders and ranks and when you should pick particular positions but now we're going to
1: talk to you about the keeper position in detail the first example that we're going to go through is the likes of ederson so you may think that because ederson is 5.5 million in normal fantasy that he needs to be picked up straight away or needs to be picked up very early on in the draft when the opposite is true to be honest with you if you take last season for example he's normally picked up around the third pick in the draft and he returned 121 points for a total now if we look at pickford who outscored him in fantasy last year he scored 124 points but he on average wasn't picked until the ninth. 9th so we're getting these statistics from a website called draft FC this website
0: is dedicated to gathering all different analytics based on drafts all around the world so we can see on average how early these people are picked these keepers are picked and as Jaxi said Ederson is picked around the third round now if we compare that to other positions which we'll do in this podcast and other podcast we'll see what other players you could have got
1: and how many points they could have actually gotten you over the whole course of the season So the benefit that you would have of picking the likes of Allison or Ederson is you can pick them and you can stick with them for the whole season. You don't have to change between your other keeper and there is the possibility of them doing well but that's the variance between those keepers doing well and maybe a keeper that's picked 12th to 13th round is very very small. The likes of about 30 to 40 points in a whole season in a difference. When you compare that to someone like Solanke or Vekhorst, Solanke picked 4th pick and Vekhorst picked 12th pick, there's a difference of over 100 points with these players. The difference from Ederson,
0: average 3rd rank pick, total points 121, to Guaita, who's picked on average, based on the whole world's rank- rankings, is 14th pick was just around 20 points. So there's only a difference, as we said, around 20 points from third round to 14th round. And Gaeta didn't play all last season? No, Gaeta well. was rotated. So average, as we said, keeper points over the whole lot of the keepers would be around 120, 130, 140. A really good season would be like 160. Martinez, on his exceptional season in 21, got like 180 points. So that's that's a, an outlier. Averages around 1, 120, 130. That's for any keeper. You rarely, as Jesse said, you're going to stick with them. When are you going to bench Ederson? Even against Liverpool, you think that they probably could keep a clean sheet. The most important point here is you'd say, like, why would I pick a Guaita? Is based on save points. So we might say an average. Ederson might get an average four points a game, which is great, but he's very, very unlikely to haul. And when we say haul in terms of keeper, that's like an 11-pointer. And you often see the smaller keepers, or the, the lesser keepers, get 10 and 12 point hauls throughout the season. If you compare that to the likes of a Navas who played for Forest, rarely keeps clean sheets. But when they do, they often face a lot of shots. Every, I think it's three saves, is one point. So you can get literally three extra points and equal Ederson's overall score. On a game where they concede. Now, if they keep a clean sheet there, that's another four points, probably get a bonus. He could be on nine, ten, he could be on a double di- digit haul, which he only needs one of them every two games to average or, or equal Ederson's score. So, picking these small keepers is an advantage
1: or can have an advantage if you do it in the right way. So, you can wait till later rounds, till maybe the 12th or 13th round to pick these keepers. Because more than likely they will be there based on statistics from this year. Like for example, last year my two keepers in my first draft was Sa of Wolves and Gaeta of Palace. And because I had these two keepers who aren't from teams that more than likely won't keep a clean sheet. But because I had them, I was able to interchange them each week depending on what fixtures they had. Now Wolves got off to a great start last season, so I racked up a lot of points with uh, Sal. I think they had the um best goal difference they at the very the start first first of the season. Of the season yeah. First half season they did very well and then kind of fizzled out after that. But I had that cushion of having Gaeta there to bring in and then he got me save points as well. So what we're saying is you can wait to the later rounds to get these pairings of keepers and they will reap more rewards then picking a top keeper and sticking with him, you'll have a better chance of getting more points if you pick keepers later and rotate them. And,
0: yeah, as he said, rotate them. So initially you said, oh, I had two keepers. We can't play two keepers in one game. But let's say Sa is playing City and Guaita is playing... um, Forest. Forest. I was going to say (laughs) Wolves, but it wouldn't make sense. Uh, Guaita is playing Forest. And you can easily bench without even thinking you can bench that now it could go the wrong way but your probability of getting higher points is maximized so when we say pairings we mean rotating the keepers that have favorable fixtures on opposing days so if you look through some of the fixtures snake draft fpl actually did a full I don't know, what would you call it full list a full yeah. infograph of all different keepers that have favorable fixtures with each other, so you can get pairings, you can target specific pairings. We don't say, or we're not saying to pick just two random shy keepers, because, well, if you look at the fixtures, they might have, again, bad fixtures on the same day, and it won't work out And you're stick, stuck with two shy keepers that probably won't get a clean sheet. Might get a few save points, but more than likely won't get, on average, higher points than, let's, let's say, Edison. So if you look at the keepers and compare their fixtures with another keeper, Right, and target them that might be there in the later rounds, you are going to maximize your points. So we said Ederson scored 121 points. But if you actually look at two keepers, take their parents, and compare the points that they got on opposing days, you could get more than 120 points easy. You could get 140, 150. Now, it's not a massive increase, but it's going to actually get you more points than Ederson. And the whole point about this is that Ederson was picked third round so who else could you have picked third round that would have got you more points? Now, we won't go into it too much um, in detail, but DraftFC themselves had a podcast out called Value-Based Drafting. Drafting, And what that is, is essentially picking the player next that is going to get you the more points from the
1: player that is still available. So if... Um, yeah, the, the idea of your draft is to get more points than the person you're playing against that game week. So, Ederson picked, on average, third round. We're saying to pick them later on the round because there's more valuable players that can be picked before them, in terms of points return. So last season, Dominic Solanke of Bournemouth, he was picked on average after Ederson, but he still managed to outscore Ederson by nine points on total for the whole year. So that meant that Solanke was more valuable then Ederson, then Ederson, which... And
0: again, we talked in the previous podcast about like, oh, well, Ederson's like another City defender. That's grand. And he does play every day. But players that you think aren't as valuable can get you more points. And the main, main point that we're trying to get across is that, well, if you leave them, if you leave the likes of Solanke a striker to the 11th, or picking a striker to the 11 12th, 13th round, what you're going to be left with are the likes of Vinicius, the likes of Weghorst, who scored 24 points. Now, I know he was rotated at United, but he scored 24 points. The difference there is like 90... Over 100, actually. 106, yeah. 106 points in the difference. Whereas you leave it until, I don't know, the 13, 14, 15th round, the last four or five rounds, to pick your keeper. You're only saving, or the difference is only 20 points. And at the end of the day, it mightn't be. That p- keeper that you pick up, 13, 14, 15th round could actually outscore the likes of Ederson, Allison, Pope, all these keepers that people are gonna pick up real quick. What's gonna happen when they pick them up? Well, that midfielder that you have your eye on is still there as well as that keeper that you have your eye on is gonna be there 12, 13, 14 pick. So our overall recommendation when picking keepers is to leave it to the later rounds. You're well entitled to pick Ederson if you think that you're not gonna change your team much and you don't mind keeping Ederson in and getting your 4 points, 5 points, 6 points on average. But if you really want to maximise your chances at winning, we said you have to manage the team. Go for them two keepers that you can rotate, that you can take a chance on each week that might have favourable fixtures.
1: So, what keepers should you pick? Well, the first strategy would be to pick and stick the likes of your Ederson or Allison. They will return you points, but... They're not going to maximise the potential returns that you could get. Second option would be to pick two keepers from the one team. So you could pick Areola and Fabianski. Because they could be rotating throughout the season. But at least it'll guarantee you'd be getting points from somewhere. And another
0: point on keepers is that keepers actually emerge throughout the season. Like you said there, um, fabianski Ariola, that... If Fabianski, you start with Fabianski and there's a bit of doubt over who's going to play, well, at least you know is going to get in there. But often you'll find keepers on the waiver that you didn't think were going to play. And let's say you're not happy with the two keepers you have. Well, it's not all dead and gone. When we talk about strikers, you're, if you don't get them, they're more than likely gone. But now and then, a keeper pops up on the waiver and if you're in tune and you hear some news that a keeper's injured or, or they're going to come into the team you can get them on the waiver fairly handy because keep people don't worry about keepers that much they're probably happy with their pairing or let's say you do have an Edison well I'm not going to put a keeper very high in my waiver to come
1: in on my bench yeah like the likes of Steele coming in last season for Sanchez he was fairly off the radar for a while and then he came in to be their number one keeper so that was the second strategy and the final one which we think will return the most points for you throughout the season if you play it correctly is rotating keepers so an example of this could be getting pickford and Neto. so pickford has some very good fixtures for his first seven or eight and then after that Neto has some good couple of fixtures as well so you can use those two keepers interchange them to maximize the returns for your team one of the issues with keepers this season, though,
0: is that there is a lot of doubt regarding who's going to play. Usually, you kind of know the number one, but there's a couple of teams where there is possible rotation. As we said, Ariola, uh, Fabianski, Steele, Sanchez. Sanchez likely to 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 be sold, and um, but other teams apparently Rea is coming into Arsenal, so. These are keepers I would probably avoid, especially if you're taking them in a high rank. So let's say you want to go with a Ramsdale instead of, you didn't get a Gabriel or a Sal- a Saliva or whoever. You're picking from the Arsenal defence and you think, well, I need an Arsenal defender. I'm going to pick Ramsdale. Well, there's a possibility that Ray might come in and take his spot. And then you've taken a keeper really high and he's not playing. So the only two, three maybe, four now that I'm looking. Ederson, Allison, Pope, Onana. They are probably uh, the four big teams that are going to be definitely playing. A lot of the other teams, if I scroll down here, they could be rotated. As I said, Flecken, if Reyes sold, is Flecken going to play Guaita, um, Johnstone? We don't know. So when you are thinking about the strategy, consider who do you think is going to start. Because if you pick someone that is a rotation risk, high draft rank, well then you're actually not going by any of these. You're not picking a, a solid keeper that's always going to play if you don't pick a pair and one of them don't play, you're screwed. And then if you, if one of them is gone or one of that pairing that you've picked are not playing, well then you're only left with one shy keeper. So, do your research. Think who you're going to, to pick. You might get them at a, a later stage if someone else thinks Fabianski is going to keep their spot, and someone else doesn't. Well, you could pick up Fabianski. This is down to your discretion. We don't know what <laughs> Moisey is going to do, but yeah, we can give you the tools to make it to, to make it an easy decision.
1: We've talked through the strategy now of ways you can select your keeper. And as we mentioned, rotating keepers is going to be the best way to maximize your return. And to mitigate the risk of losing out points is to pick your keepers later on in the draft. So, as we mentioned at the beginning, 12, 13, 14, 15 pick.
0: So, tune in to the next episode where we'll be doing the exact same with defenders, talking about how early we think you should take them particular strategy and most important rotating defenders on the waiver we've made it this far thanks again for listening follow us on instagram and twitter for constant updates regarding possible waivers how to play the draft and everything you need to know to be a draft king